Okay, so I'm going to give a shout out to Storm Beagle, Sergeant Pickle, Jared, Big Kid, 782, Because 19, Fallen Snow Kiku, Randy Berg, and Captain Alcatraz. The reason for me doing this is because I promised that I will shout out all of my Cape Crusaders at every episode, and I haven't done it for like three weeks, so I'm going to do it twice this week. Unbuckled Comics. If you're new, welcome. There's a liability form on the back table next to the, um, okay, well, it was supposed to be, like, Lazarus Pit liquid, but I couldn't find any of that. I didn't really have the time to go adventuring all over the world, so I just kind of bought Sour Apple, um, Snops. So, uh, you know, have your IDs ready at the back table. If you are returning, thank you for your continued support. I am Unbuckled Kate. Your host of this little comic book podcast, and today we have Batman One Bad Day, Ra's al Ghul. It is our last Batman One Bad Day review, and to be honest, I'm um, kind of glad we're done with these. It's not that I didn't enjoy them, um, it, it was about 50-50, uh, I, I liked about half of them, and then about the other half I could have you know, done without. Um, I'm just, uh, ready to move on, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. These, these episodes are, um, I, I think it's tough, tough to do because this is still pretty new. Um, and I, I think that people want to avoid listening to these because I do get spoilery, spoilery with them. Um, but, uh, this is it. And, uh, you know, I don't know, is, is Ra's al Ghul a good end or a bad end? But before we head out on patrol, let's gather some intel first. Um, I have Instagram and Facebook. That's right, Instagram and Facebook by the name of Unbuckled Comics. And uh, if you go over there, uh, there is a, uh, a reel, a video that I put on there just a little bit ago of uh, <laughs> a uh, little segment I'm calling uh, Mrs. Unbuckled Guesses. And it's just a short, short snippet of... Mrs. Unbuckled guessing some characters from our Master of Fear tournament, which we're going to get to in a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's pretty funny. And then the, the full-length video was actually put together and sent over for our Patreons viewing, so that was a Patreon exclusive. And speaking of Patreon exclusive, I have one. It is two bucks a month. With it, you get a solicitation episode. It's typically after it's the thursday after our first episode of the month and then two thursdays later you get a unbuckled and unscripted we have done an arkham origins review we did a um uh review of spider-man the animated series which is available to everyone um we did that before i established patreon and then this month is going to be a review of the Riddler Secrets in the Dark, which is a audio drama exclusive to Spotify, unfortunately, and I know that there was some interest in the community about this, and I listened to the eight episodes and wrote up a review, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it on this month's Patreon exclusive, uh, this month's Unbuckled and Unscripted, if you will. Uh, speaking of 
Patreon, you also get access to our Discord. And in said Discord, you will find a wonderful community of nerds just like yourself, as well as Capes Detective, a weekly game we play where I post pictures of clues, and then the Unbuckled Brigade that is in the Discord, you know, they, they guess what character it is. And this week, I did actually get to pick the character, not just the clues, and I went with Metamorpho. Mainly because I was reading the um, next uh, segment of the Batman Superman World's Finest. And my first clue was a puff of purple and orange clouds. That was it. That's all it was. And Big Kid 782 was able to guess correctly. Um, Big Kid 782 has given me our mystery character for this week. Uh, I have not gathered the pictures, but uh, good luck to all of the Capes Detectives out there for this week's. Also, speaking of games, this past week we had um, on our unbuckled tournament, Masters of Fear, round one, match five, Batman. I am the reason criminals meet during the day. Square it off against Phobia, a genetically bred um, character. Uh, I should have wrote that differently. Uh, She was genetically bred by Loki. Phobia can induce fear in even the bravest of Asgardians. And the Unbuckled Brigade agreed that Batman is the undisputed champion of this match. Uh, 100% against zero. Big Kid, 782, wrote in saying, I know why you have your little group therapy sessions in broad daylight. What a great quote. Why are you afraid to go out at night? Batman has no powers, but yet criminals can see a light in the sky and think twice about messing around. Just the idea of Batman brings fear to not only criminals, but even a few heroes who knows what he's capable of. Also writing in is Captain Alcatraz. Captain Alcatraz says, What? I'm going DC over Marvel? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Phobia has the power to induce fear in people empathetically. Batman does it by being a pure badass. He doesn't need a fear power. He is just that good. So, this week, uh, well... Um, not much of round, no, no controversy, really nothing to jump back and forth on, uh, Batman clean sweep, and we are moving on to next week's matchup, which is, um, Spawn against Sinestro, yeah, right, let's see, yes, next week's round one, match six, will be Spawn against Sinestro, Spawn, his soul went to hell and came back with vengeance and hellspire, Hell Fire, and then Sinestro, founder and leader of the Yellow Lantern Corp. He believes fear to be the strongest emotion. Here, let him show you what he means. Um, this pool is out now as I am recording, and it is surely out as you are listening. So if you are one of my Cape Crusaders, my, my Patreon members, uh, get out there and make sure you're, you're voting for the Master of Fear. Now quickly, before we move on, Let's see here. We are at Spawn and Sinestro. So we have, including this one, one, two, 
three more to go for round one, and we get to move to round two. Our next couple is Silver Banshee versus Mr. Fear, and then Psycho Man against Deathstroke to round out round one. Thank you for all that voted, and of course, thank you for those of you that written in. So, let's see, I've read the next, I, I guess it would be volume 3, I think. Maybe it is only volume 2. No, it's volume 3. I guess I read volume 3 of Batman Superman's World's Finest, uh, sitting on my nightstand currently. I have What If Dark Dracula. It is a Blade story where Dracula turns him into a full-fledged vampire, I believe. And then I also have uh, the... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Street Fighter crossover. I will probably get all of those done and read this week. I don't plan on doing a review of the Turtles and Street Fighter. But I am going to do a review on TMNT The Lost Years. I got the hardcover Thursday. I am going to be starting to read that tomorrow. And outside of comics, I am uh, getting some time to play some Legend of Zelda Tears in the Kingdom. That's pretty much all. Uh, just, you know, reading when I can and playing Tears pretty much only on the weekend. Um, and just uh, working and slaving away. So, while I go back to working and slaving, actually, I'm, I'm going to go watch football. But let's, uh, let's move on and talk about a guy who had nothing but time. Batman One Bad Day, Raz Al Ghul. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everyone? Um, kind of burning the midnight oil here. Uh, running out of gas tonight. But that's that's my fault, not your guys's. And tonight, for me anyway, it's you know morning, afternoon, night. Um. I was I was gonna do the Truman TV line, but I couldn't couldn't think of it quick enough, so I'm just gonna skip that. Um, <laughs> um, oh boy, we're talking Batman One Bad Day, Ra's Al Ghul. It's our last Batman One Bad Day uh, one shot that we have to do. We have gone through seven of these puppies together, and I I don't I don't I don't want to say it, but I can see it in your eyes. You're you're gonna make me, aren't you? Okay, so what is Batman One Bad Day? What are these one shots? What's what's the whole sh what's the whole deal here? Um, so these comics are based off of the uh, Killing Joke. Have you heard that before? I'm sure you have. Uh, but really, the only thing that they share with the Killing Joke is the font used for the titles on the cover of each comic, and the idea of one bad day could change the course of someone's life. Like the Joker's bad day where his wife and unborn child passed away and then he was dropped into the vat of acid. Or like in the Riddler where he um, continually failed in school and was abused by his dad. Or Two-Face getting the acid in his face, unlocking his um, unhinged personality. There was the Penguin who uh, fell from the heights of Gotham's underbelly and had to like regain it back. Then there was Mr. Freeze, who's, of course, his one bad day was losing his wife, Nora. 
Then there was Catwoman, who... Her one bad day was her mom selling a uh, brooch at a pawn shop and getting basically nothing for it. Uh, Bane's one bad day, which was a really good twist. Um, his one bad day was actually the day he broke Batman, and it uh, ended up becoming his one bad day because he never reached that height in his life again. Like That was his peak, and everything else has been downhill from there. Um, and then Clayface's one bad day was detailed in, uh, the one shot itself. So that is the last seven. This is Ra's al Ghul's, um, to get a little more in depth with it, I guess, um, this is a look at more of the psyche of a villain and how these bad days are changing the course of their lives as in like the Riddlers drove him to be the Riddler. The Penguins actually drove him to be a little more compassionate for the people that he's working with and things like that. So they are interesting stories. We've had some that are really, really good. We've had some that are just okay. And then we've had that, you know, the middle spot in between them. Um, I think we have had two that are get on it maybe one or two that are what are you doing i know the majority of them have fell and pick it up and there is one pass on it um, i'm not going to tell you which ones are which you can go back through our archives and listen to those episodes to find out and i do also kind of plan on doing eventually a um ranking i'm going to rank them and I'm probably going to throw the killing joke in with them just to give it a little more spice and variety. So uh, I don't know when that's going to be. Maybe down the road. Uh, maybe I won't do it until I review the killing joke and I have no idea when that's going to be. So just sh sharing my thoughts with you here. Um, speaking of sharing my thoughts, we have some creators who l shared their thoughts with us in the Batman One Bad Day, Ra's al Ghul. Um, I felt like that was going to be a good segue and then I kind of petered it out there. Um, so we have Tom Taylor, who is the writer for this. He, uh, did a lot of the injustice, uh, Superman, son of Kal-El, Dark Knights of Steel, baby. I love those comics, uh, Justice League and Power Rangers. I didn't know there was a Justice League Power Ranger crossover and then, uh, Hellblazer Rise and Fall, which... I actually have the first two issues of that, and for some reason ended up never getting the third. Um, I'm thinking that might actually, it would be tough to do because that's a that's a DC Black Label comic, but I'm thinking that might be a fun one to do on the show. Um, then we have Ivan Reyes. Uh, he worked on a lot of the New 52 Justice League. He's an artist, by the way. Worked on a lot of New 52 Justice League. Blackest Night, I love that comic. Uh handful of nightwing detective comics and also night terrors which at the time of me recording this we are like smack dab in the beginning middle-ish area of night terrors so then we have danny miki uh another artist worked on spawn the amazing avengers detective comics x-men batman slash superman Youngblood and nightwing and finally we have brad anderson also an artist 
he has worked on Detective Comics, New 52 Justice League, Action Comics, Batman 3 Jokers, another one that I think would be really fun to do on the show, Justice League Dark, and Wonder Woman. Okay. So, um, like I said, this is this is number eight for us of these Batman One Bad Days. And we as we come to a close, the last handful were okay. Um, Bane and Clay, Clayface are going to end up being somewhere around the bottom of the rankings. Catwoman was okay. Um, I really liked Freeze. So what I'm looking for with this one, I'm, I'm just wanting a really good entertaining story. I'm not looking for the wheel to be reinvented. I don't need you to change... Excuse me. I don't need you to change the character of Ra's al Ghul for me. I don't need to look at him differently at the end of this. I just want a good, solid, entertaining story about Ra's al Ghul. I don't even need Batman in it a ton. Because um, a lot of these didn't really have Batman in it a lot. But I do need it to be good. Um, I feel like it's been 50-50 so far with these. And I, I want this one to put it over the top. So, at the beginning, we kind of get a short, uh, oh, before I start, I do want you to know that I can spoil a little bit in this one. Um, some of them, there wasn't any kind of twists and turns. They were just kind of straightforward stories that you've seen coming, so I didn't have a ton of spoilers in them. I, Clayface was one of those ones where there wasn't a ton to spoil, except for the very creepy end. This one, there is something that happens into it that... If I tell you, it's going to ruin the book for you. I'm not going to tell you that, but I am going to talk around it a bit. So um, just be aware of that. I'm, I'm not going to say exactly what happens, but it, it, it's okay. You can listen to the whole thing. I'm not going to spoil the main part of it, but just know that I am. I have to talk about the plot to give you a, an in-depth review, right? Or otherwise, I'd just tell you what I think, and we'd end this episode, and I'd go to bed. Um, yeah. uh, oh boy, lost my train of thought. So, so just be aware, I am going to be talking about, um, the plot like I always do. And maybe if you have this one on the shelf, maybe read it and then come back to me later. So we get a, a short kind of origin story, not really origin, but we, uh, see Ra's al Ghul when he is very young, his village is being attacked um, everyone is getting killed in his village. He runs into the woods to be saved, to hide, and he is caught from behind by, um, his would-be attacker, and then these wolves, um, kill his attacker, and, um, these wolves end up kind of becoming, you know, sort of friends to him, and instead of it being, like, his origin, it's kind of where his, um, affection for Mother Nature really drives from, right? And and remember, Ra's al Ghul is supposedly 700 years old. So this is like back, way back, um, him and his people, his tribe, they're kind of dressed like cavemen, and the guys attacking him are... It's not Roman guard, maybe they're more of a Viking type deal, but you know what I mean. It's, it's like that medieval, um, you know, biblical type era. So we're watching this and it's it's basically just to show us that this is kind of where 
his love for Mother Nature comes from, and then we'll come back to that here in a second. We see him present day um, nurturing. He he comes out of Lazarus Pit, and this origin story that we're getting is actually a flashback, and this is what he sees almost every time he enters a Lazarus Pit. And he explains that him going insane in the Lazarus Pit isn't the pain or he doesn't know where he is or who he is. It's his grief for all the things that have been lost and the fact that when he goes into the Lazarus Pit, he's dreaming of a time when 700 years ago where the earth was very green and plentiful and has all these species that are now extinct. And he's coming up and realizing that the world is, in his eyes, a uh, uh, a uh, burning dumpster, so if you will. Um, and that's what's driving him nuts. And he goes into this little lab with his daughter, Talia al Ghul, and on the table is a wolf. It's drawn very similar to the wolves that saved him, and this wolf has cancer and ends up dying. And we find out that this was the last wolf of its kind, so there is an extinct species. And we actually see Ra's al Ghul grieve, which, and he kind of points it out in his own monologue that he does, you know, he has lost parents, you know, family, friends. 700 years, he's outlived a lot of people and has seen a lot of death. And he hardly ever shows grief for a lot of them because it's just something that he's become numb to but when a, a species become extinct that is when he truly grieves and he grieves for this wolf and through his anger and grief he decides to take the league and just like go on an absolute murdering spree he starts with this one ceo of a company and he murders him and his son, which leaves his daughter, who was second in line for the company, to take its place. And she has a very environment-conscious mind, right? So, of course, Batman and Robin investigate this uh, supposed boat sinking, which seems odd. And this is great. Because they, we get a couple pages of Batman working out this case. He... When it starts, he's just looking to make sure that it was not any kind of sabotage, right? And he's not suspecting Ra's al Ghul at the beginning, but we're, we get to see a couple pages worth of Batman's detective skills working this out. And the reason this is so fantastic is because Ra's does not dress Batman as Batman. He addresses him as detective because to him, Batman is the world's greatest detective, right? That's that's what he sees him as. And he even mentions a couple of times while they are um, attacking this boat and, and killing these people that they have to be very careful not to leave any evidence to alert the police. And then he says, or even worse, and what he means is Batman. And uh, Batman ends up going to the morgue and looking at the lungs of the old man that was murdered, and they find out that he has drowned in the pool that was on the yacht it's not seawater in the lungs it's chlorine water he then goes and talks to the guy's uh, daughter who is in charge and he finds out that she has a relationship with talia al ghul and of course at that point the lights go off and batman realizes that ra's al ghul's grand plan in this is um 
to just go through all these major big companies that are harming the environment, killing all of the people at the head of it and replacing them with the people that he see fit, the, the people that he sees um, as the ones that are going to aid the environment rather than harm the environment. So um, a, a pretty wild plan for Ra's al Ghul. I mean, he has attempted to like, do mass genocide, but this is like personal. Like he's going after individual people and then putting his own figureheads in their place. And as Batman is heading back to the Batcave, Ra's al Ghul kidnaps Robin. So um, this is kind of where this story really takes off and gets a little bit crazy. Um, Ra's al Ghul basically captures Batman and Robin. He used Robin as, you know, you dangle him on the end of the hook. He's a worm. Batman takes the bait easily. And um, I, I say that it's crazy from here. And Roz basically captures Batman because this is the part that I'm leaving out. Because what happens here, I never saw coming. And I don't want to use the word awesome because I shouldn't use the word awesome for it. But it's such a great... They do it in such a great way, you see how important it is and how losing that wolf, the, the last wolf of whatever species it was, has affected Ra's al Ghul and how far he's willing to take this to get these people into the position he wants to aid the world, right? And basically, he wins. Um, with the capture of Batman, Batman is, you know, out of commission for like three months, I think they say. And in that three months, he kills 27 people at the heads of 27 different companies and replaces, sorry, replaces them with people that he sees fit for the job. The people that he sees is going to help the world not hurt it. And once it's all over... He kind of releases Batman and is like, I don't have to release you. Here's what I did. It's done. And he says, you have two options. You know, you can either rat me out, which would remove all these people from their current position and potentially put in people that harm the world. Or you can turn around and go home and just admit that I won this time. And... um we, I don't think we get any internal monologue from Batman, but we definitely do from, like, the whole story is basically Ra's al Ghul's internal monologue. And he says about how he knows that this is going to drive Batman nuts because Batman works over each option in his head and sees that it's, it's you know, a basic stalemate, right? He can't do anything. He's not going to remove people that are actually going to benefit the world. But then here's Ra's al Ghul who murdered 27 people and how can he not go unpunished, right? So um, they have this duel where it's very reminiscent of the fight that they have in Birth of the Demon, I think the comic is. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it on the shelf to make sure I have the name right. I'm pretty sure it's Birth of the Demon. We did review it on the show a little while ago. Um... But they have a, a battle with uh, two swords, um, sabers, or I'm sorry, not sabers. Uh, I think cutlass is the right word for that sword. Anyway, they, they were both without their shirts. And the way that's drawn and the lack of background, and it's just focusing on the swords and, and 
again, them being shirtless, it's very, very reminiscent of what I think is supposed to be the first duel in Birth of the Demon, the first like fight between um, Batman and Ra's al Ghul. Uh, I, I thought that was a really cool touch. I think they, they took a lot of care with this story and things like that, how they handled the Al Ghul and Batman relationship. I do also like that Talia wasn't really involved. Um, but I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. Let's finish. Let, let, me, let me just wrap up the story. Ra's al Ghul realizes that Batman is going to be very upset um, because he realizes that he lost for once, right? And... Roz realizes that there is only one way for him to escape Batman, and that is death. So he throws himself off of a cliff and, you know, splats onto a floating chunk of ice. Um, basically the end of the story, right? So back to what I was saying, though. Um, let me just pull up my notes again. I kind of sat them down there. Um, so they remove Talia from the equation, which is great because... If you go back and listen to my review of Birth of the Demon, all three of those stories was very much so about how Batman and Talia have a relationship. And then when you throw Ra's al Ghul into that mix, what happens? Batman and Ra's al Ghul have a relationship. When Talia gets involved, what happens? Ra's and Talia have a relationship. When Batman gets involved, what happens? It's it's this it's this triangle relationship. Not love triangle because Roz and Talia are daughter, daughter, father and daughter. Geez, um, it's it's this relationship triangle that we always see when it involves two of them. So you know, almost always if you get Batman and Roz, Talia is involved somehow. This one, she's in the comic, but she never sees Batman. She's never involved in any way, and I really like that. Excuse me. I really like that because um, it just allows us to see the relationship between Batman and Ra's al Ghul. And although I think one of my favorite Batman villains is Two Face because of how personal that guy is for Batman, the amount of respect that Batman and Ra's have for each other makes their dynamic super interesting to me. We have this guy who is okay with creating mass genocide to benefit the planet. And then we have another guy who absolutely refuses to take a life and will do basically anything other than that to stop criminals for the better of humanity. So we have one person that is working for the betterment of the globe, just the globe in itself. And then we have the other guy who is working for um, the betterment of humanity as a whole and, you know, Batman realizes the importance of the environment, but that's not his main focus. So you have two guys with very, very admirable goals, uh, and then one of them has extremely questionable um, means to achieve that goal, which is where their heads then butt. We see Ra's al Ghul's release of Batman at the end of this, and he even says it's out of respect for him. And Batman is the father of his grandson, so that plays a little bit into it as well, but um, it's, it's, it's good. So um, it, this is, in, in all, just, just bottom line is, this story is actually great. It it's, has a fantastic ebb and flow. 
Ra's al Ghul commits a crime, does his best to hide it from Batman. Batman ends up finding it, and then we get that twist of how Ra's actually wins, but it's... The, the lengths he goes to winning is pretty extreme. It's it's even a little bit extreme for him and not quite what we normally see out of him. And I really think this becomes an instant classic to the Batman and Ra's al Ghul saga. Um, this is now... I, I do think I like this better than any of the stories in Birth of the Demon. Just looking at the Batman and Ra's al Ghul dynamic. Um, the twist in this book was perfectly played. Um, and it like severely impacted the story. Like I can't, I can't undersell how big that section of the book was where you realize that Ra's is going to win. Um, but it was done so right that the story is able to remain canon to the mythos. So if you remember at the beginning of this recording, I, I said that I didn't want them to reinvent the wheel. And I actually wrote that in my notes before I read this book. So that wasn't me writing my beginning to match the book. I typically write my beginnings and then read and write my notes as I go. So I didn't, I, I had no idea how this was going to end or, you know, I had no idea what was uh, going to be in the climax of this book. And I got almost exactly what I wanted. I got a uh, story that captured me. I sat down and I read and read and read until it was over. Um, I was very entertained the whole way through. It was impactful in the way I viewed Ra's al Ghul, but it didn't change the character, you know? Um, I think with... With Riddler, that one kind of changed the character for me. I look at him as a much more serious villain than what I used to now. And the Penguins changed the character because now he has almost like a different personality and outlook on life. Ra's al Ghul didn't change. But now I know when he is pushed to his breaking point how far he's willing to go and... That's the kind of impacts that work really well. For me, at least. Uh, it's Other people might like like seeing complete and total character change. For me, I, I don't like when villains get redemptive stories. I don't like when they become anti-heroes or just flat-out heroes. They're villains. Just let, let's let them be villains. Um, I, you know, I say that, but I do kind of like Venom being an anti-hero. But he works best as a villain. And if you go back and listen... I've said it in multiple, multiple episodes. Venom works best as a villain. Um, and that goes to the same for most villains. They work best as a villain. So I think a lot of times writers are like, well, let's, how do we do shock value? We written this villain for, you know, since the forties, how do we make this an impactful story? I know let's have them switch sides and the occasional team up is great every once in a while, but we're starting to see more and more villains go completely and totally good or at least anti-hero. Um, what happens in this story is a great way to change the way I view a character slightly and enough that I'm going to remember this every time I see Ra's al Ghul in a comic now, but not enough that it's a completely different character. Um, as for this, um, I, looking at the one bad day thing, I, I guess was his one bad day when his little tribe got slaughtered or was the one bad day when, 
I guess it's a combination of both, but the thing that sent him over the edge in this was um, when the, the wolf passed away and it was the last of its species, and it really caused Ra's al Ghul to, like, put in what I think was probably his most ruthless plan because, look, as I've said before, he has had plans and, you know, tried to execute plans to commit mass genocide. Um, that's a pretty big deal, but a lot of times with those, he was hitting a button, right? He was hitting a button and, like, this rocket was going to go up and explode and create you know, nuclear fallout and the world would rebirth from there, you know, something like that. It's probably not exactly what any of it was, but, um, that's impersonable. You press a button and it's done, right? This, he and his League of Assassins went around and found very intricate ways to kill off 27 people so that no one other than Batman, but Batman couldn't do it because he was, you know, captive. Um, no one, could figure it out so like there was someone that had an illness and they just gave them a little bit extra of a bug or paid off the nurse to like od them or um trying to think what some of the other ones some of them are laid out how he explains how it done there was uh a guy that was hunting lions and al Ghul basically paid his crew to run away once they found lions so that the lions could attack him and like things like that. So he he found very intricate ways to get rid of these twenty seven um, CEOs and presidents and whatnot. It's very personable and very dark when you think about it. Now the comic itself wasn't the darkest one. Bad day comic. Uh, that one still belongs to the Riddler, um, both in style and in content. But when you really sit down and think about what Al Ghul accomplished here and how he accomplished it, it's pretty dark and deep. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm super, super thrilled with the way this ended. Um, I, if you have a chance to go out and get the box set of all of these, I highly recommend it. Um, yes, there were a couple duds, but overall, I think it is much, 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 much needed for any Batman fans. Um, it's 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 a it's a great little compilation of stories of individual one shots. And with that, guys, I am ready to tap out. So um, I am prepared and with a smile going to give this book Batman One Bad Day, Ra's Al Ghul. My personal rating of, what are you doing? Get out there and read this book. It's really, really good. And with that, guys, until next week, um, oh yeah, get out there and save the world, you bunch of heroes.